standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. Coming to you on the 17th of May, 2023, episode 418. One of three episodes I'm putting out this week. Trying a little uh, experiment, if you will. Seeing if uh, Gab gets it done. All right. Uh, title today is going to be Once on a Wednesday. So we're going to spend a few minutes, maybe five minutes, speaking on a specific issue. Uh, they're all loosely related. And uh, we're going to put a speculative spin at the end, if you will, of all four topics. And uh, if you find that intriguing or interesting, you can help me help you guys get the word out, like, share, subscribe to the show. And if you're feeling particularly motivated, you can rate and review this show and subscribe at your favorite podcatcher of your choice. Currently, we are still with Podbean. <laughs> Just one of those things. One of those things. All right. So here we go. <clears throat> Once on a Wednesday, let's talk about gambling. Uh, neither for nor against it. Uh, I've been in a casino one time. I spent about $10 in the slot machine. Wasn't impressed. Left. That might not be your experience. You could go and just enjoy yourself. You have a set limit and you go and have a good time. And when it's done, it's done. When your money's gone, it's gone. And you know what? You're disciplined. You enjoy yourself. It's nothing more than like going to a show or the movie. This is how my grandmother explained it oh so many years ago. It was just a calculated expense and you go and have a good time. And if you should end up net positive at the end, so much the better. It helps you pay for the next trip. But unfortunately, it's a vice. And a vice, like many other things, can be addictive. And when it becomes addictive, it can be destructive. So the question is, are we responsible for what our brother does? Are we responsible for the things that our brother or sister do that bring about their destruction? So a very simplistic answer is no, that's on them. But the more long, complicated one is, well, if it destroys their family, and as a result, their family becomes a burden on society, and that burden on society uh, affects the area where you live, at what point do you say, okay, well, now this is a concern for we, the people, to get involved in? So based upon, again, what limited experience I have, most of the time, when an economy is based upon a casino, it doesn't really work out so well for everybody around it. Oh, sure, at the beginning, it's nice and shiny and bright, and they employ lots of people. And if it's really one of those big places, they might have a ton of temporary employees. And there's a little shot in the arm real quick. And hey, don't worry, they're going to get plenty of money for education or roads or whatever other stuff they're going to promise for you. But it seems to me when we brought the lottery in, it was supposed to pay for education. And all we ever hear is how education doesn't have enough money. So I'm wondering, are we going to get the same thing here? Oh, but don't worry if you need cars, we're going to have a per mileage gas tax replacement where they're just going to bill you by the mile you drive. So I'm not really sure what exactly is the net benefit. So we put in a casino. Okay, so a few less people are going to drive up to Oklahoma or over to Louisiana. All right. Now, I've been to Durant, Oklahoma a few times, 
I don't hate it. But I also wonder, is it really truly better off for having that giant casino there? I don't know. Perhaps we ought to go interview the people that live in Durant. But if you're familiar with what Durant was like before the casino went in, maybe that'd be a better way to look at it. So if it was a blighted area and there was nothing there and there was no future and this big casino drops in and now there's jobs and people are, you know, employed and taking care of yourself, maybe, maybe it works out. I know the tribal side of it does well and that's good. That That's a, that's a net positive for them. But what about everybody else? And then if you look at Louisiana, is it a net positive? Don't know, but it's a good question. I've been to the place called Siloam Springs, which is in Arkansas. And across the border from Siloam Springs is yet another casino on the Oklahoma side. And I got to tell you, based upon my brief travels around the area, the neighborhood around the casino on the west side of that border, not so hot. Now, it might just be a coincidence. It could have been bad before the casino went in. I don't know. But I think it's a fair question. I mean, for those of you from the East Coast, right, the Northeast, was Atlantic City great before the casinos? Did it get better with the casinos? Is it better now that they're gone? What's your take on this? I think that's really the better question. Now, it's not lost on me that the legislature actually didn't make a decision other than the Senate forth as a referendum. So they're passing the buck. They're saying, well, if you, the people want to have legalized gambling, you know, well, we're going to give you the thing right here. And they're going to say it's sports betting and they're going to say it's over online or whatever else. But that's not where it's going to stop. I mean, let's be realistic. I don't know if it's a net negative. I don't know if it's a net positive. I'm not convinced one way or the other, but I would really like to see the evidence. I'd really like to see the outcome. I'm fairly certain that Vegas wasn't a blue hole that it is now before the casinos all moved in. Maybe it was corrupt. Maybe it was other things, but I don't know. Like everything else, maybe it's going to fall into trouble courtesy of ESG. Be curious to see how that plays out. But I do know they bring a lot of money and a lot of influence. And that, above anything else, should be concerning to anybody that wants a clean, stable, and representative government. I'll submit to you that it's currently not all that clean. It is somewhat stable. But representative? (laughs) Well, when they start getting that extra bonus money from the casino, we'll see who they're going to be working for. All right, while we're on the topic of putting referendums forward, it's not been lost on me. That Texas and the Texas independence referendum, no, they don't want to hear our word on that. They're not in the least bit interested in what the outcome of that might be. In fact, they are still dismissing us as being crackpots, crazies, and, well, depending on who you're talking to, they may even call you seditionist or traitorous. Though apparently one of those people that ran their mouth is now being sued and then had a hissy fit when that happened and now changed the rules in the Texas House so that you cannot serve somebody while they're serving on a committee. Oh, boo-hoo. When you're going to be so dismissive and attack people and call them names, you should expect that somebody's going to fight right back the same way. But again, it's another case where there's rules for thee and not rules for we. Hmm? 
You you all have separate, different rules. You're not quite as good as we the we the legislatures. It's a it's a sad thing to have to see this firsthand play out, but that is the world we live in, folks. If anybody ever really thought that it was going to be all equal, you're sadly mistaken. But here's the thing that you need to keep in mind. Texas not going to go away. Yeah, they pushed off the referendum for two more years. Yeah, they're going to um, make hay out of the fact that they destroyed Brian Slayton, or rather Brian Slayton gave them an opportunity to destroy him. Uh, or maybe he just destroyed himself. Not really sure. The jury's still out. And for those of you slightly off topic and not including the four, um, want to point out there's a huge difference between an adult perhaps taking advantage of another adult and somebody grooming a child of 12 years old. Not equivalent. That's what you call a false equivalency. They're both icky. They're just different kinds of icky. And one is highly illegal and the other one does have penalties. So let's just not fall into that trap. All right. Uh, until uh, next session, the uh, Texas independence movement isn't going anywhere. Uh, but we're going to keep growing. We're going to keep beating the the uh, woodwork. We're going we're gonna to make sure that people see that might be the best option. And speaking of the best option... Item number three, the border, or rather the lack thereof. Yes, in case you haven't been following along, it seems that our federal government has zero interest in actually protecting the border and actually recognizing the border and actually staffing the border and actually keeping people in their own country. Nope, it seems like they're more interested in in bringing in as many people as possible to our country uh, for nefarious purposes, one might say that, you know, the uh, Catholic club and the, the, the Baptist clubs that, you know, look out for the refugees really had their heart in the right place until they started getting paid cash money from the feds, which they took from us, by the way, to propagate more people coming here. And, you know, back in the days of yore, when we talked about Ellis Island and the sick, the poor, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, those people all came here with a motivation to have a better life and they worked their tails off and they didn't get rewarded for not working. I'm not going to look into the percentages because I don't know. But even if it's 60% and that's being generous, but even if it's 60% of the people that are coming here from south of the border through that entrance, okay, they come from all over the world, mind you. They're called OTMs in case you forgot. But all these folks come from all over the world and nobody causes a little thought to pop off in your head, right? None of this causes that. Where did these people come from that they got to Mexico and how did they get there and who paid for them? Now, some of it's human trafficking, of course. Some of it is cartels getting their piece of the action, of course. Some of it is just pure desperation, okay, that equates for a certain percentage, but we're talking about over a million people. Is it just that bad in South and Central America or wherever else they're coming from? And if so, why are we bringing them here? What are we going to offer them? I mean, our own economy is iffy at best. Our own leadership is terrible. Uh, we've shipped over all of our manufacturing to other countries. I mean, what makes America such a great place to go right now? I'm kind of at a loss. Unless, of course, 
you have a nefarious plan in mind. Well, how could we change things up a bit? How could we reorganize, right? I said reorg. I meant to say reorganize. How could we reorganize these United States? How could we perpetrate a complete collapse and yet still maintain control? How could we upend the established culture? These are all very good questions and we're seeing it play out right now. And before you think I'm entirely blaming the feds and I am, let me remind you that our own governor has the power, the authority, and quite frankly, the money to do something about this. And yet, unlike when he closed this place down uh, for health purposes during COVID, he refuses to do the one job. The one job that the governor should be first and foremost concerned about, which is maintaining the integrity of the state of Texas. Now, it's one thing to blow off uh, Sleepy Creepy Joe and not being able to do his job because he doesn't even know what day it is or what direction is his plane or the exit from the stage. But it's another thing entirely when we have a very smart guy, former attorney general of the state of Texas, that is our governor. And for whatever reason, he doesn't seem to remember how the Constitution works well enough in order to establish a border with his own people. Well, he'll put on a few shows and he'll make a few lighthearted gestures of how he's going to look out for Texas. But really? So you're going to just bus him to another state? Well, that worked out real well because then they're going to get bust all over the place. So you're diffusing the mess into everywhere else. Okay, well, that's helpful. Or you could just close the door and say, stay over there until we figure out what we want to do with you. It's not lost on me that this has happened before, right? Cuba emptied its prisons and dumped them all in Florida. Venezuela emptied their prisons and one would only guess that they're coming here. It's a great gig for them. They save all that money, they do away with all their troublemakers, and then they come here. Or, better yet, they go join the Mexican cartels who are waging war, undeclared war, mind you, but war nonetheless on these United States, particularly Texas. And what do we do? Not a darn thing. We're so worried about a border and the integrity of the state of Ukraine, or I'm sorry, the country of Ukraine, that we don't do a darn thing about our state, our country. Those are called misplaced priorities, ladies and gentlemen. And I would suggest to you that I'm far less concerned about what's going on in Europe than what I am concerned about happening as little as 300 miles away from my house. You ought to be very concerned. This isn't going to get better overnight. This isn't going to just change. It's because they have a concerted effort to do what it is they're doing. They want nothing more than the destruction of the state of Texas. And quite frankly, they'd be just fine if they take down these whole United States. Because you know what? They got theirs and the heck with us. That's exactly the way the majority of these people are thinking. And if you doubt me, you got to go read their articles and look at their own stories. They're quite honest about what they want to do and how they're going to do it. Item number four, moving forward. So, you know, I hesitate to do this. I, you know, I feel a little awkward because I got to tell you, I've known plenty of people that have worked in government, both at the local, state and federal level. But at what point do we quit playing along? At what point do we just say, yeah, no, 
So I'm going to make a humble suggestion here. And I don't want anybody resorting to violence. I don't want anybody to do anything that's illegal. I don't want anybody to risk their life, their family for a simple act of protest. But what I'm going to suggest is when the next alphabet soup agency person pops around into your life, just don't talk to them. Don't acknowledge them. Don't thank them for their service. Don't encourage them. The Amish call it shunning. It works somewhat effectively. The next time you run across somebody that says they're a member of the ATF, don't get mad. Don't abuse them. Just don't talk to them. Go the other way. Tell all your friends and family to stay away from them. Yeah, yeah, I know the argument. You need you need one good person. Just You need that one good person that joins those agencies and does the right thing. Mm-hmm. And how many of those people have they flipped and turned? How many of these uh, informants do they shove down our throats every day? How many clubs do you belong to that you run across the innocuous person that is quietly pointing at people to do things that are illegally, right? Setting you up to get caught, do something wrong. You doubt me? Go ask Andy Weaver, Randy Weaver about that. Sorry, excuse me. It's okay to have thoughts or unpopular political opinions. It's not okay to break the law, but when somebody tricks you into doing something or they talk you into it because of your desperate needs, they're not your friend. You should assume anybody that belongs to the FBI, the CIA, the IRS, the ATF, the NSA, the BLM, yes, the Bureau of Land Management, in case you're wondering, OSHA, EPA, any of these groups, organizations, or federal entities, they are not your friend. They don't care about you. They care about their career. They care about carrying out orders. They don't care about the Constitution. They don't care about our country, and they darn sure don't care about the state of Texas. And if you are anything more than a bump on the road, I would be surprised. Oh, I know, I know. Those are just bad apples you're describing. They're not all like that. Okay, maybe not. But do you want to take that chance? Do you want to risk your entire life and your livelihood and your family on the on the chance that one of those guys is a good guy? That one of those ladies is actually kind-hearted and wants the right thing? I don't. Now, I don't hate any of these people. I, I think a good number of them got into it thinking that we're legitimately doing a good thing. They were legitimately looking out for the best for the entire country. They've been co-opted. And now that they're in and they got their five or 10 or 15 years, they're only thinking about their pension. They're only thinking about their careers. I mean, that's normal. Can't hate them for that. I mean, it's it's no different than the local police department, fire department, when they march in lockstep against whoever the incumbent is to keep them happy so that they can get their nice pension plan. Okay, they're looking out for their own pocketbook. I can't fault them for that, but I don't need to go out of my way to be friendly with them. I mean, at least with local police and fire, you know these people, you interact with them, and they're probably going to be generally all right people, and they're actually concerned about their community because they most of the time live here. But that ATF agent, the BATF, ugh, the, the FBI, hmm, those guys don't care. They move around. They move up. If they could take you out along the way, huh, so much the better for them. And if you think the EPA, the OSHA, the BLM, uh, 
Fish and Wildlife, any or any of those organizations at the federal level give one whit of concern about you or me or the Constitution or our state or our country, I've got to tell you, the odds are not in your favor. It's just better for everybody involved to just not pay attention. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to abuse. In fact, I highly encourage you to do none of the above. What I do encourage you to do is just simply ignore them. Don't be their friend. Don't look out for them. Don't pretend they're all right. Just go the other way. Shunning works because shunning's powerful. Don't yell. Don't scream. Don't hate. Don't give them a reason to be mad at you. Just don't engage. You know, they did the same thing to the redcoats. They did the same thing to the tax collectors. By and large, those people just were not welcome in the community they lived in because they were traitors of their own community and everybody knew it. And while I'm not certain that these people are all traitors just yet, they've chosen their side. I can tell you with very few exceptions, which way that's going to go when it comes down to decision time. If any of them gave an oath, I imagine they'll treat it just as uh, inconsequentially as most of our elected officials. My sincere hope is directly related to this. My sincere hope is there is enough former military people, particularly men who saw combat or trained for it or other specialized jobs that actually do care about their oath. And they did get out before all this crazy, or they got out because of all this crazy and that they care enough about their oath that they will work with the community around them, that they will spend time imparting their skills to their neighbors, to their friends, to their family, that they will realize that their oath is what bound them to the constitution, which bound them to their community most of these guys actually do love their country, even if it's a nebulous idea because they were willing to sacrifice their lives for it. They were, most of them weren't overly worried about a pension. They weren't most of them weren't overly worried about a lot of things because you know what? Most of them were 19 years old when they signed up, they did their two, four, six or eight years and got out, went home, had families, had lives. And they remember what they did. They remember why they did what they did. They were, young and impressionable enough to believe that they were doing a good thing. And now they saw it wasn't all what it was cracked up to be, but you know what? I do believe in the constitution. I do believe in this country and I have an opportunity to ensure that it continues even after I'm out of the military. Those are the guys we need to be bending over backwards to keep on our team. Those are the guys we need to invest a little extra love with. Now you might, you might, pick up a patriot that belongs to one of the alphabet soup agencies. You might, but man, why are they still in? They see what they're doing. They see what they're a part of. They're not going to change anything. If you keep tolerating that stuff, you're teaching the leadership that's acceptable. I gotta say, if I got 18 years in and I got a sweet retirement in two years. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to bide my time and I'm going to get the heck out. I get it. I really do. But you can't trust those guys. They don't want to risk that pension. Now, once they're out, once they're free and they say, Oh yeah, I was former this, that, or the other thing. Okay. Maybe, maybe, 
But is it worth the risk? Is it worth the chance? They're going to set you up. I doubt it. I really do. So when you're going forward, you ought to keep that in mind. Well, that's all I got for today, folks. <laughs> uh, speculatively, I didn't really, I didn't really nail that one. But I'll be back on a five for Friday, episode four hundred nineteen. That's coming out on the nineteenth. How's that for fun? Until then, I will see you on the other side.